Welcome to the Lend Academy podcast, session number 19. This is your host, Peter Renton, founder of Lend Academy. Today on the show, I welcome Anil Gupta. He is the founder of PeerCube, which is an analytics site focused on Lending Club and Prosper data. And I've been using PeerCube on and off for uh, since basically since it launched. And I've known Anil for a couple of years now. He uh, used to have a blog called Random Thoughts, which did some really interesting statistical analysis on the Lending Club data mainly. And he has since uh, formalized everything in PeerCube and he has a great PeerCube blog. And he does some, some really unique work in this industry. So I wanted to get him on the show, talk about what he's doing and talk a bit more about PeerCube. Hope you enjoy the show. Okay. Welcome to the podcast, Anil. Oh, thank you for inviting me, Peter. Okay. And it's nice to chat with you. Of course. So why don't you just get started by giving giving the listeners um, some background about yourself and maybe also talk about how you discovered peer-to-peer lending. Uh, so uh, basically my background is, is basically engineering and technology. And uh, I've been w- working with the data storage analysis for like, almost i will say 15 years and that that has been my and i've been into financial market especially investing in stocks individual stocks and mutual fund i will say since 1993 so i have seen a lot of ups and downs of the market mm-hmm. so and the way i got into peer to peer lending was basically i was attending a executive mba program and one of my classmates he brought it up he brought it up about uh, Prosper and Lending Club. And he said, oh, the, this looks, uh, we, we were in a financial analysis class and mm-hmm. he was using their data to do some, basically make the presentations and do things. So at that point, uh, I got interested in that at that point and I started to look at it. And initially, my interest was more from the data side. Right. Plus, plus also, I was always looking for newer investments mm-hmm. other, other than the stock and mutual funds and we had i series bonds treasuries so beyond that so that got me interested into and more and more i got into it i more and more i liked about it like the transparency in the system that it was giving so much data so that we can look at it and it was something new like i didn't have any exposure to consumer lending and that's the big part right of Right, what, sure. what I thought that this particular, especially Prosper and Lending Club, they offer us a new asset class, which is consumer lending. Right. Otherwise, our exposure always have been from the borrower side. It never have been from the lending side. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that's what really interested me into this. So how long ago was that? What year did you first hear about it? How, how long ago was, was that classmate telling you about it? Yeah, I think it's about four years. Okay, four so, years ago. So it's, a, it's a quite, it's quite, it's a, that's you know, back almost at the birth of the, of the industry. Then still, <laughs> uh, you, you, you are the what I call it, <laughs> the senior in this area. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, and I wasn't here at the start. I was not there at the start at all. I got yeah. in after you know, after after a couple of years. But so okay, so you started playing with the data. Did you did you start investing your own money then after you analyzed the data? What, what was your approach? 
Oh yeah. So basically, I I started to get into it again. Um, I always had a in my portfolio a little portion for what I call it play money. So mm-hmm. typically, that went into individual stocks, which I. I analyze these stocks quite a lot with fundamental analysis, and and so I took some of that money and started to put into lending club, and so again I was it it I started to get more and more into it as I was putting money in, looking at all this information, lending club providing us the discussions, people were asking the questions, and it was. Not only from the return perspective, what I enjoy and still enjoy is that that lender perspective. Mm-hmm. Like we all complain about the banks that banks are so bad about lending; they don't want to lend. Now, when we become l- lender, and I look at it, how our own mindset changes when we are lending the money. Right. We 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 complaining about people not paying back or not paying on time and the same kind of things which we complained about banks. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. Well, in so, effect, we are becoming the banks, aren't we? Just yeah. uh, the same function, anyway. Yeah. Exactly. So that's what I enjoy. In addition to that, I get to get a exposure into consumer lending and also. It's a pretty well-researched field from the bank's perspective, from the institution perspective. So a lot of, in lot of like what I call it, analysis, data, pre- concepts are out there. Theories are out there, mm-hmm. and I, I'm enjoying that part, like understanding those and seeing how it applies to peer-to-peer lending and where. And that's where some of the criticism I come up with is like I see some similarities with what happened in the past with the. Financial institutions and what happening in peer-to-peer lending now. Mm-hmm. So those are the kind of things, and I'm always maintain a healthy skepticism of the things, it's, new things. Right, sure, it's a good, it's a good thing to do, particularly when it comes to investing. That's for sure. So you know, I first first found out about you when you you had your own blog, Random Thoughts, which. You know, I, I, this was two or three years ago now where you had, you had some really great, just great analysis that nobody else was really doing at that time. So you, you, you that, that seems like that basically, you know, like, I don't know whether, the, I think that came first, right? Because you started doing this analysis. You started, you know, I know that, uh, you, know, you produced a number of different articles and then it seems like you decided to do a bit more, you wanted to get, become a bit more involved in the space and you started peer cubes. So can you just tell us sort of why and, and sort of how you decided to come and start this site? Uh, yeah, so PeerCube, actually, I never set out to establish PeerCube. That mm. it was never a plan to create a service or a business. Mm-hmm. And what happened once I got involved into it and I, I we typically, my wife and I, we, we discussed these things. So I started to bring it up to her about, oh, what I'm doing, look at this person. So sometimes like when I'm reviewing a loan and I reviewed loans manually, so right. I will look at all the information I will review and sometimes I can't make a decision whether I want to really want to invest or not invest. So to get another viewpoint, I I asked her a couple of times, so you want to look at this person's profile? She had no idea about the peer-to-peer lending or what I was doing with this lending mm-hmm. club and she then she started to get into it when she she said oh I want to look at it too 
but and the process i was using is more downloading the csv file from the lending club and opening into my spreadsheet look filtering and looking at that way and she was she thought it could be automated for her because she didn't want to do that herself and she right. wanted to share the same kind of strategies and look at so that's when i started to automate it so first we did it at our home basically at the home computer i set up for, she used it then we started to talk to some of our, our friends and they started they wanted the same thing they looked at lending club they said oh could you give us the access or provide us so that's how it came about right okay and can you and can you can you explain exactly what PeerCube does for those who don't know? What you know, just who who the kind of investors you are, and what exactly PeerCube does? Uh, so the PeerCube is basically hundred percent based on data analysis. So every what it does, it provides the tools for lenders to test their strategies against the historical data. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it allows. the portfolio management so you could look at you you could upload portfolio and slice and dice it and look at that and then it also got the portion where you could share you could maintain your notes about a loan about a note you have and you can maintain know your notes that okay like what you feel about it whether you want to sell it or you, and then as i do the analysis i find the strategies with could be automated i implemented or users come to me asking certain features so i will uh, i will test it out for example one of the user came he said oh i have been selling these notes which uh, drop the fico score drops could you automate it for me basically he wanted to be able to see the notes which are fico scores for dropping mm-hmm. and so and every time somebody requests that what i do is i go back to the historical data and try to see if it makes sense that feature that that's benefits so in this case i shared that with my blog post that how fico score drop is so relevant in predicting the defaults predicting right. and so i automated that i automated that plus my findings okay at what point it becomes critical for you to sell that note so th- those tools came on board in on peer cube then like the loans which go late have gone late into the past but became current again they are higher risk so those so those kind of things so it peer cube is what it's basically doing it has everything to do with the data analysis every feature is based on something proven by the data Right, and you also have the ability for people like you can see the filters that others have created. Right, you sort of create this community where people can share how they're investing. I know you've got you've got quite a few on there right now. Yeah, and that that was one of the things when I started out. It's like I had no idea about the peer to peer lending or consumer lending. So how do you get it started out? It's like. starting from a blank paper or starting with somebody else's work i realized that it gets a jump start to people to able to look at different strategies so most of the community shared filters are the filters like yours the bloggers who were sharing so i started to compile them together right i allow other users to create their own and be able to share and that that's how it's a jump it's a starting point a starting point for people who want to get started 
Right. Yeah, and it's it, it, it's a really nice service that you provide there, so that people can really see the different the different kinds of filters. And can you also talk about your your BLE risk index that you this this is like your own proprietary risk index that you've created? What what is that exactly, and and what does it measure? And so the BLE index is bad loan experience index, mm-hmm. and. What it is, it looks at the ratio of bad loan versus good loans. That's that's the that's the fundamental things it looks at and sees with different criteria how that bad loan experience changes. That ratio changes because it comes back to is if you have for a let's say you investing in C grade loan, but in this uh, C grade loan, the bad loans are more than the good loans. You really don't want, you're not going to, it's not going to be a profitable grade for you then at that point. So that that's what it looks at. It looks at that risk, whether a particular attribute has a, it generates more good loans or it generates more bad loans. Right. And so, and it's like, and just so the listeners know, I mean, you're, you're, you're predicting what you think will likely be a bad loan. You're not saying yeah. this is a bad loan because individually, obviously you could be wrong, but overall, yeah. that's what you're saying. You're looking at, you know, if this loan compared to all the other ones like it has performed worse than others, that, that's, that's the sense of what you're doing, right? Yes. And that's, that's the rating basically that it is creating like, okay. Uh, is it gonna be? Is it more riskier than the other loans in the same criteria? Same, like you are filtering your loans, you got a result, and it will give you that relative risk of those loans. So, mm-hmm. higher the number, more the risk. And then I use that BLE risk index to calculate a risk-adjusted return based right. on the risk I have estimated. I will present like what the potential return on that particular loan might be. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so, so people can like the way I'm investing now is like I have a target return. Like I want to invest in, I want to receive eight percent. So what I will do is I will go look at that risk-adjusted return. And if they are above 8% comes out, I will invest in those. Okay. Okay. So, so th- that's, that's the strategy. Mm-hmm. Right. Basically. And in the end, my hope is that my portfolio will generate eight, at least 8% return. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a good return historically, I think, for any asset class. So, yeah. Um, and just one other point about Peercube. I think one of the things that I've found particularly interesting, and I, I use Twitter a lot, and if you're on Twitter – you, the peer cube is this at peer cube and what you do there and i presume this is obviously automated you basically track the loans the new loans that are being added at prosper and lending club whenever whenever they happen to be to be added to the platform it looks like that you know right after the loans are added you you basically share with with the world um, how many total loans are available and how many new were added so can you just tell us a little bit about that i mean it, it is automated i presume yeah, yes, it is automated, and what uh, that uh, that service came in response to the users asking me mm-hmm. that they wanted a either they they wanted to know when the loans loans have been released, so that they can go on site and look review the loans and decide when to invest. Even though Lending Club and Prosper say there is a specific release time, 
it, it doesn't happen on on the clock it's right like right. when prosper says it's nine o'clock it's not nine o'clock it might be nine o one nine o two and that helps and that based on the number of new loans there are some users who decide whether they wanna okay go on site and look at the new loans and decide to invest or not because if there are only 10 loans have been new loans came out a lot of investors will skip that they say oh it's only 10 loans i'm not going to spend my, most probably one or two might show up mm-hmm. so from that and it's all automated and it keeps track record of, so if you take that whole output you can see how the loans are varying new loans are varying the total number of loans you could see what kind how many loans disappearing from the platform right yeah no i've i've used that myself many times when i go on and think huh that's there's there's wow there's like 1500 loans how many did they just add and i go and i would i can someone check over you and, and think oh wow they just added 220 new loans in one hit that's a that's a huge amount or whatever it number is i feel like that's been that's been a really a really useful thing So I want to switch gears a little bit and just talk about this recent series of articles that you've had on Peercube which uh, I I found um personally fascinating and you basically you you've done and by the way I should tell the listeners Peercube there is an excellent blog attached to Peercube at peercube.com/blog where it's um uh, you know Anil shares his analysis and you've done a recent series a three-part series focused on lending club loans and you're looking at the time the loans take to fund we've all talked about this the feeding time when you know the loans are added to the platform and all the institutional investors rush in and try and invest in the loan and on retail investors these days as well through through the API and what you what you have discovered in your analysis is that this may not be the best strategy um for for returns can you explain how you did your analysis and what your analysis found so as part of that twitter feed i send out i also log all that information in my database mm-hmm. what i do i save the every min- every minute wh- how many loans have been available wh- what their status is and so i i keep that record and based on that i figured out when the how long it took for loans to get funded because i have that history every minute what happened with one particular loan so w- I took a set of data from last year uh, between July and October the loans I Peercube detected and then based on when they disappeared from the platform I assume that's the point they got funded fully funded so and we and definitely uh, I think if you look at it almost like 40% of loan get picked within the minute or two of being released mm-hmm. so so i started and the main thing is is it a good strategy and personally i felt i done with the smaller data sets the similar analysis and also based on what i have been reading about consumer consumer lending is not a easy market mm-hmm. it's not banks have been doing for 150 years and still they haven't that perfected that art, art where they can automate it fully Right. So I always felt that that there has to be more than automation is itself is not an answer. Right. So so what you found with your analysis you found that there you know there are loans that you know that that fund within 0 to 1 minute loans 
you know, two to three minutes, and you've broken them up by how long. And it's interesting when you look at the overall, and it's, it's not, it's obviously not definitive. A lot, lot, lot of loans have not, you know, these are all, a lot of them are still fairly new and haven't had a chance to default, but it's, it's probably a decent representative sample, I would say. And, and so why don't you just describe the findings and maybe just also take out, you know, you separated out A and B grade loans and then, you know, C, D and E, which is probably the most popular comes to Readers of Lend Academy, I think uh, they're, they're certainly one of the more popular. Just so explain exactly what you found out. What I found out is the A and B loans. There is some benefit of picking up the loans as quickly as possible. So I believe the lenders who some lenders have figured out and they are most probably institutional because if you look at Lend Academy Forum and most people, uh, individual lenders, retail lenders are not really interested into A and B because the returns are really low. Mm-hmm. So I believe these are some institutional investors who have figured out the, what I call it, inefficiency in the how the credit grade is assigned and the interest rate. So they believe there is a additional return. And they are picking up those loans. So mm-hmm. with A and B, you can see the their delinquencies are lower, lower than compared to the A and B loans. If you look at all the loans in that data set I looked at and the loans which are getting funded later. But with C, D, N, E, F, G, those group, that doesn't hold true. If you look at the delinquency rate, the charge off rate, for the loans which are getting funded within a minute, it's much, much higher than compared to if you were investing later. Yeah, that, 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 is, uh, that is really interesting. And, you know, I, I think, you know, you're, you're looking at the loans, obviously, as a whole. It surprised me, to be honest. I thought that, um, you know, the zero to one minute, you know, crowd would actually be at least below average. But you're, what you're saying is that they have above you know, at least below average delinquencies. And you're saying, you know, that you've discovered, you know, based on your data set that actually it's, it's well above, it's well above um, average, which, you know, that, that particular point, I mean, I, I'd obviously, as I said, I think I commented on your blog, mm-hmm. I would love to see this, you know, re- revisiting this just to make sure that this holds true. Cause we're only talking about loans were issued in between July and October last year, yep. which they're all, all of them are less than 12 months old. Yep. So, you know, I think there's certainly, Things could change, but I think it's it's interesting that you know you've when you're looking at just not only just to charge offs but delinquencies, it certainly appears for those particular high interest loans there is very little advantage. In fact, you might even say there's a disadvantage to using the API for or to you know you, to the loans that are really being funded fast. There's no you, you don't need to rush in there at you know. Yes. 10.01 Pacific time and jump on because you can wait a few minutes and you'll still get lots of good loans available, which I I hear, I appreciate that because so many people have said, oh my God, you know, we can't, the retail investors totally left out in the cold. There's no, you know, we're all, all the institutional investors are snapping up all the good loans. There's nothing left for us just but the scraps. And so whenever I hear that again, I'm going to, I'm going to send the person a link to this blog post, which, which obviously refutes that. So, And I just wanted to bring up the next post will address some of the concerns people have because I got a lot of comments mm-hmm. uh, uh, and most of the comments were, oh, 
the delinquencies are higher because these are higher yielding loans which people picking up early and the next post is going to be very interesting for those people because what it's looking at it's looking at the interest rate with time to fund and mm. it's most probably will get released early next week and it will be interesting to see what the findings are because that impression of the early loans are the higher yielding loans or high loans with higher interest is not true mm-hmm. i can say right now the, it will be much more detail in the post about it but what turned out to be it's more and more look like that a and b loans are the only one which seems to benefit by investing going early and picking picking loans okay and and just and just so the listeners know i mean we by the time this uh, interview is actually published i'm sure that post will be up i i will link to these posts in the in the show notes on lendacademy.com you can so you'll be able to go and 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 very easily discover and read read these articles so that's great. So, um, just before we let you go, I, I got a couple more questions. I, I, in the past, I know you've been, you've been quite critical of PDP lending platforms. You've been critical of me. I know for <laughs> being, uh, for being a little bit too, uh, much of a Pollyanna, too, uh, too positive all the time. Um, which, you know, it's totally fine. I, I am that way and I, I, I'm happy to be criticized, but, um, I, I'm curious to see what, what are your views of the industry today? I mean, you've, you're obviously committed to it. You've spent a lot of time on it. Do you think this is a good investment for the average, for the average person? So I have a healthy skepticism to the industry at this point. Industry is still very new. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it with the traditional lending model, it's still a similar model but what's happening the pricing power has changed it used to be banks who decide what the rate is going to be but now in a way it's a what i call it loan broker is deciding what the rate should be so that pricing power has shifted from a lender to a loan broker before in the older model the loan broker it's the lender, which is the bank, decided the loan broker brought the deals. Okay, I see what you're saying. So you're saying the loan broker now is the lending clubs and prospers of the world because yeah. they're, they're not funding the loans, but they're bringing the loans to the investors. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they are the loan broker, and but they got the pricing power at this point. They, right. are deci- they are deciding. So there is conflict of – there's some conflict there because loan bro- – and if you look at the lending club and prosper – financial statements most of their revenues come from the origination right yeah most of the revenue yep for sure so if i was running a loan brokerage firm what would i do i would increase the origination Right. Well, that's yeah. Yeah, that's going to increase your revenue um, for sure. Yeah. And I know that there's been there's been there has been criticism about the platforms how they don't you know they don't invest in their own loans. I mean, mm-hmm. but keep in mind, I mean the you know. I, I always say that the the pla- if if they don't produce for investors, they're you know particularly now they've got a lot of institutional investors. If they if they if the institutional investors suddenly find that these loans are not performing, the underwriting's going down, they're gonna they're going to leave in droves. So whereas it's not they're not you know there is a temptation to just oh let's just go and increase the underwriting, let's just go nuts and imp- improve double the number of loans we've got and just you know increase our revenue i mean i think the the, the managers the management at, the, at both lending club and prosper realize that's not a long-term sustainable solution because if you if, if if suddenly defaults start spiking 
uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of people complaining. Um, you'll be hearing about it on Lend Academy on, on your site. Yeah, uh-huh. Everybody will be complaining. So, so well, so yeah, they don't have the direct impact, but so I guess following up from that, are you, do you think in your opinion that they are, you know, is, is credit quality going down? Do you think because they're trying to chase originations? What do you, what, what's your take on that? And overall, the peer to peer lending market, I, when I looked at peer-to-peer lending market, I started to look at how the financial markets have worked in last 150 years. Lending market has been there around what they went through. So how the federal, uh, that FDIC came about. Mm-hmm. They, it's, so those are the kind of things. And I see that the same kind of shakeout will happen in peer-to-peer lending. The lenders and the lending platforms have this disconnect where they, 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 their interests really are not in line. And I'm very, what I call it, fond of data-based analysis. So I, I'm fond of people like what Nate Silver write or what uh, free economics do, mm-hmm. uh, their analysis. And it every time I look at peer-to-peer lending and it reminds me of real estate agents. And free, free economics had an analysis on it that real estate agents... Their interest is not, if they are representing the seller, their interest is not to get you the highest price. Their interest is to how quickly they can close the deal. Right. Yeah. Uh, I see what you're saying. So, uh, yeah. So, I, so you, but you know, he, so you're saying that, that you think that this is all going to blow up one day? I mean, what are you saying uh, exactly? Um, so, <laughs> so uh, there will be a shakeout. There's a lot of what I call it a hype around it at this point. Like, yep. The, I'm sure you get contacted by offline lenders, how they can leverage peer-to-peer lending. And I mm-hmm. get those, like people want to create their own platform. Like, So pretty much every at this time, like anybody can say, create an online marketplace or peer-to-peer lending, or just call it peer-to-peer and crowdfund. They it's like it became a hype. Everybody want to yeah. add. No, that. it's true. I'm not, I, I get. I, I probably get two to three emails a week today from people who want to start a platform. Exactly. So, yeah. So, so th- there is a hype around it, and what we have seen, like last dot com bubble and those kind of things, these blow up. There, there will be peer to peer lending will be around. Uh, right. So, you know, you're not saying Lending Club and Prosper will blow up. You're saying that maybe that it's not going to be all that easy for new people to come in. Um, yeah. It's not going to be as lucrative as people think. That A lot of people are thinking that there is no risk. There's right. a, and that's the part where, where people get so excited that the, just because somebody set up an online marketplace doesn't mean the risk has gone away. Right. No, I totally agree. And I think, I think we're all a little bit too overconfident because we've been, we've had, you know, five plus years now of, of, mm. of, of economic expansion and we haven't had another, another recession. And it'll be very interesting to see how everything holds up. And that's yep. what, you know, I think that will be the, that will be the proof in the pudding. What happens when we have another recession and unemployment spikes and, how how do these loan portfolios perform? That's going to be that's going to be the key. So mm-hmm. we, we will we will find out, I'm sure, before too long. Yep. Okay, so I know I've got to let you go, but before we do that, one last question. So what what are your plans for Peer Cube? Are you is this something that you want to do? You want to do this? I know you have a, you already have a, you have a, a full time job. I mean, do you want to do full Peer Cube full time? You happy to make this a sideline? What what are your plans for the future? 
so uh, I used to have a full time job. Oh, okay. <laughs> so so <laughs> till till last last year for last few months I have because I was laid off from my That's regular right. job. So right, okay. I've I've been focusing on Peer Cube for last few months. Okay, so you're doing it full time right now, are you? Right now, uh, so there is a lot of experimentation going on. Okay. I'm trying. Trying to figure out how, trying to figure out a business model for the PRQ, where it could be done full time. Okay. So, so what I call it, twenty fourteen is for for me is a year of experimentation, and uh, to decide whether PRQ cube can be a full time. Okay. Uh, whether or whether keep it as a side because most of if you see analytics side they are all. side side projects right, yeah, sure uh, and pretty much everybody is trying to figure out a business model around it mm-hmm. and that's what i'm doing too to see where how i could make it a self sufficient business right right okay well that i mean I, i certainly wish you all the best with that i think you're providing a valuable service for the community and i i i would certainly would like to like to see see your site expand and to keep all that great analysis that you do keep that going so um i i wish you all the best and and thanks for coming on the show anil oh th- thank you very much actually you you have been the inspiration for <laughs> me <laughs> for me getting into the peer to peer lending and peer cube pretty much uh, i i look uh, like your forums your blog posts you are the cheerleader for the industry so i always look for that it is like okay i'm excited <laughs> well thank you thank you very much okay <laughs> great well th- thanks again anil see you later thanks a lot thanks peter bye bye okay there you have it i encourage everybody to go check out peer cube which is just at peercube.com it is a very useful tool for investors to help help just help you make better smarter investment decisions so before i sign off i just want to ask one request if you have a specific guest that you would like to see on the show i've got a long list of potential guests that we'll be talking with over the coming weeks and months but if you have a specific guest i'll be happy to add that to my list just email me peter@lendacademy.com and on that note I'll sign off and I will see you next time thanks for listening bye